Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Well, everyone, the arrival of the second fighter from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's Challenger Pack is here. July 30, 2019 brought us the protagonist of the latest installment of the Dragon Quest series, and we call him... The Hero! The different costumes for this character not only give us the Luminary from Dragon Quest XI, but also the heroes of Dragon Quest VIII and IV, along with Erdrick from Dragon Quest III. These characters feature never-before-seen game mechanics for a Smash Bros. character, such as an MP or magic point meter, random critical hits, and a drop-down menu of a large selection of special attacks. Many of these features are in other RPGs whose fighters appear in Smash, such as Final Fantasy's Cloud or any of the Pokémon. So it's certainly interesting that we get a chance to try these out in a fast-paced fighting game like Smash. Version 4.0 of Smash Bros. Ultimate also came with the release of the hero, which brings a few new features to the game. You can now make predictions while you spectate online matches for a chance to win prizes. There are new options such as a very easy World of Light campaign mode and a final smash meter time limit, and an online tournament mode. Of course, we also got a lot of Dragon Quest content, such as me costumes, spirits, a new stage, Yggdrasil's altar, and of course, new music. The new total of music in the song select menu is 897, thanks to the addition of 8 Dragon Quest songs. Two each from Dragon Quests 3, 4, 8, and 11. There is, of course, also the victory music of the hero. This fragment of the Dragon Quest prelude is the only part that shows up in Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's the recurring theme of all 11 games that plays in some form at their beginnings. What we've been listening to in the background is an orchestral rendition of that theme, which is what played at the beginning of the reveal trailer of the hero at E3 this year. The song was composed by Koichi Sugiyama, who has composed all main Dragon Quest entries since its inception. He's now 88 years old. This performance we've been listening to I believe is by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, and conducted by the composer, Mr. Sugiyama. Now, let's listen to a song that's actually found in Smash Bros. Ultimate, featuring our Dragon Quest XI hero, The Luminary. This is called The Hero Goes Forth with a Determination, straight from Dragon Quest XI, and is the first overworld theme in the game. Thank you. 
This tune and the other one from Dragon Quest XI, Unflinchable Courage, are credited as being from the definitive edition port to the Nintendo Switch that is due to release this September. But they are the exact versions of the songs that are found in the original Dragon Quest XI. Nintendo no doubt wanted to bring attention to their new game release. E3 2019 announced to us two new DLC characters from the Challengers Pack. The Hero, who is set to release Summer 2019, and Banjo and Kazooie for fall of the same year. By and large, it seems to me that Dragon Quest appealed more to gamers in the East, and Banjo Kazooie to gamers in the West. Myself included. I can't wait! Let me elaborate on why I think the reaction was so big in the East, but maybe was a bit muted in the West. Dragon Quest had a rough beginning in North America. First, it was known instead in the West as Dragon Warrior. This is because of copyright issues with a tabletop RPG that already existed. Another reason is that the first four Dragon Quest games were released worldwide, but Dragon Quest V and VI didn't release until decades later in the West. It was only by Dragon Quest VIII that Enix finally got the rights to the name Dragon Quest instead of Dragon Warrior. This probably led to some confusion about whether the titles were actually related. In any case, Dragon Quest was inspired by the experiences of the developers with the Western RPGs Wizardry and Ultima, and they wanted to bring the RPG genre to Japan. Thus spawned what is considered the first Japanese RPG video game, or JRPG. The impact was huge. In 2006, Japanese magazine Famitsu polled their readers, and all eight of the existing games in the series at the time were within the top 34 games of all time with Dragon Quest III peaking at third place. So if you're one of those basic Westerners who doesn't have a hot clue about this series and is complaining of yet another sword character in Smash Bros, just know that this guy wasn't put in for your sake. The series composer, Koichi Sugiyama, was a veteran composer even before the first Dragon Quest game in 1986. He had written for musicals, commercials, pop artists, and animated movies and TV shows. His style of writing, especially in the Dragon Quest series, seems to be heavily influenced by the late Baroque and early classical periods. Despite the fact that the first four games in the series were released on the NES and were limited to basic waveforms, Sugiyama's style was obvious even back then, and as better samples became available on the Super Famicom and PlayStation, we got to see his ideas more fully realized. Every game in the series has the same set of instruments that are used. Today, we'll talk about what we call that group of musicians. Symphony Orchestra! Right off the top, we have a few terms to define. A symphony is essentially a big work of music in the Western classical tradition, usually made up of multiple parts called movements. An orchestra is a group of musicians who play music, also usually in the Western classical tradition, and usually including instruments from the four traditional instrument families, which we'll get into later. A symphony orchestra is an orchestra that is large enough to play a work as massive as a symphony and can contain more than 100 musicians. This is in contrast to a chamber orchestra, which might play smaller works of classical music and contain roughly 50 musicians or less. You might also be wondering about where the term Philharmonic Orchestra fits in with all of this as well. It turns out that Philharmonic Orchestras are symphony orchestras. Usually the term is given when multiple ensembles exist in the same city. 
For example, the Dragon Quest symphonic prelude we were listening to before was performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, which is distinct and separate from the London Symphony Orchestra. There's no hierarchy between them, they don't necessarily play different material, they're just different groups. So a Philharmonic Orchestra is a symphony orchestra, just as a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not necessarily a square, as a symphony orchestra is not necessarily a philharmonic orchestra. But this tangent has gone on much too long. Those four instrument families we discussed earlier are the four families you probably learned about since you were in elementary school. Those families are strings, woodwind, brass, and percussion. Strings are instruments who make sounds by vibrating strings, usually with a bow, such as the violin. Woodwind instruments are instruments that you make sound by blowing through, such as a flute or a clarinet. Brass are lip-read instruments, meaning you buzz your lips to make a sound. Percussion are instruments that you hit, shake, scrape, or something similar to make a sound, like the timpani. Way back in the history of Western music, musicians got together and played with whatever instruments they had available to them. If there were three lute players, a harp, and two flutes, then that's what they used. By the Renaissance in the 1500s, the word consort was used to mean a group of instrumentalists, and sometimes singers too, making music together, or in concert. Early Renaissance composers usually didn't say what instrument they were writing apart for, because the cast of musicians could be different wherever you play it. But around 1600 in Italy, Claudio Monteverdi composed the opera Orfeo, calling for exactly the instruments he wanted to play. 15 vials of different sizes, those are kind of like fretted violins, two violins, four flutes, two large and two medium, two oboes, two cornets, four trumpets, five trombones, a harp, two harpsichords, and three small organs. The specific arrangement of instruments in the modern orchestra was more or less standardized in the classical era with the influence of one Ludwig von Beethoven, who lived between the years 1770 and 1827. He specifically called for doubles of instruments such as flute, horn, and trumpet. Modern compositions may vary the standard formula or even add instruments such as electric guitar or theremin for a particular effect. Of course, we're forgetting about one major position in the orchestra the conductor. Their role is varied, but most importantly they rehearse the ensemble prior to performances, unifying the musicians, setting the tempo, and identifying the sound they are looking for. In early consorts and orchestras, typically one of the instrumentalists, usually a keyboardist, would direct the ensemble. Eventually this changed to a conductor who would keep time by banging a stick on the ground, which further evolved into the role that we see today. But more on that later. 
Not only are the number of musicians more or less standardized today, but typically their placement in the orchestra is as well. If you imagine the orchestra to take up a space the shape of a semicircle in front of the conductor, the instruments and their general number, as well as their placement in the ensemble, are as follows. 16 first violins in a wedge immediately to the left of the conductor. 14 second violins in a wedge behind the firsts. 12 violas directly in front of the conductor. 10 cellos in the first wedge to the right of the conductor. And 8 double basses behind them in the back row. The woodwinds usually come behind the violas. Two to four flutes behind and to the left. And two to four clarinets behind them. Behind and to the right of the violas are two to four oboes. And behind them are two to four bassoons. In the back row behind the woodwinds are the boisterous brass instruments. From left to right, four to eight French horns, three to six trumpets, three to six trombones, and one or two tubas. Standing behind all these musicians are the percussionists. They play a variety of instruments, such as the timpani, snare drum, bass drum, cymbals, triangle, tambourine, glockenspiel, xylophone, drum kit, and sometimes some world music instruments. Within each instrument family, and certainly within each distinct group of instruments, there is also typically a hierarchy of members. Each instrument has a principal player who is generally responsible for leading the group and playing orchestral solos. Those are distinct from concerto solos, which usually features a guest soloist playing for the majority of the work. There is one principal in particular whose role is especially important. That would be the concertmaster. The concertmaster is the principal of the first violins, and in addition to the role set out above, they have many other responsibilities. First and foremost, they are a constant leader in the ensemble. Orchestras often feature different conductors depending on the work. A composer may want to conduct the piece themselves, for example. While conductors change, the concertmaster does not. The concertmaster then acts as a conduit between the conductor and the orchestra, translating, in effect, what the conductor is asking for. This is necessary because conductors are often generalists rather than specialists in the realm of string instruments in particular. Physically, the concertmaster sits closest to the conductor in the first row of the violins, closest to the audience, which makes all these jobs so much easier. Concertmasters also make decisions about bowing for the first violins, and often the entire string section. You may notice that when you watch a symphony, each person's bow is moving in the same direction as they play. There are technical reasons for this, but it also of course provides a neat and unified look for the orchestra. 
When a concert begins, the concertmaster leads the orchestra in tuning by instrument family before the conductor walks on stage. This isn't a formality either. They can take their time if they think that even one person's pitch isn't perfect. They call for a concert aid to be played by the principal oboe, which the other instruments match pitch to. Here's an example of an amateur orchestra tuning. In addition to all these responsibilities, the concertmaster is involved in several areas of management of the orchestra as well, such as attending auditions and planning the concert season. Here's some other things that have to do with principles. Percussionists are assigned which instruments to play by their principal. Each section of the orchestra has an assistant principal, or in the case of the first violins, an assistant concertmaster, who takes on the responsibilities of the principal in their absence or plays a duet or a small tutti part when called upon. The different string sections usually play all in unison with their sections, while the wind instruments usually play unique but not necessarily solo parts. The violins are divided into first and second to delineate the latter playing a lower part or an accompaniment to the firsts. Over time, orchestras have gotten larger and grander in scale. Technical developments such as the piston and rotary valve in 1815 allowed brass instruments much more flexibility, and in the 20th century, funding and training for musicians were at an all-time high, so composers were thus encouraged to be more ambitious in their works. The advent of being able to record and play back music also put further pressure on musicians. Errors live in concert were easily overlooked, but playing back your performance made it easy to determine even the most minute of errors. Therefore, musicians' skills increased, but so did the pressure put on them. These days, orchestras are experiencing something of a crisis. They used to be funded by wealthy and willing private patrons, and in the early 20th century were largely funded by government grants. These days, the cost of maintaining a symphony orchestra of 100-plus members combined with a dwindling listener base is a difficult thing. Several orchestras have even filed for bankruptcy. It's hard to know what the solution to this issue might be. Perhaps if they catered more to a popular culture, they could be more successful. But in doing so, would orchestras compromise the historical cultural significance of the Western classical tradition? Tough questions, to be sure. However, it's great to have their influence in gaming music. Much like John Williams revolutionized the film industry with the symphonic orchestra by using classical rather than disco music to the soundtrack of Star Wars, Koichi Sugiyama revolutionized the video game industry with the symphonic orchestra by using classical music rather than, say, hair metal to the soundtrack of Dragon Quest. His music was the first video game music to be performed in symphonic concert halls and to be taken seriously by these serious musicians. As what happens on most weeks of this podcast, we've only begun to scratch the surface of this particular topic together. There's certainly a lot more that can be said, but we'll save it for another time. As we close out this episode together, let's have a listen to the other Dragon Quest XI theme from Smash Bros. Ultimate, Unflinchable Courage. 
See if you can pick out all the various instruments we mentioned. enjoyed the episode i'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or suggestions of a song or music topic leaving a rating or review on your podcasting platform is a great way to share that with me and helps overtone warp zone gain some exposure you can stay up to date on podcast news by visiting the website overtonewarpzone.com if you found some enjoyment from this podcast and want to give your support check out my patreon at patreon.com slash overtone warp zone until next time Keep playing.